0: Bible study has put out a list of the 20 most searched verses of the Bible for this year and I want to just kind of go through those with you today and I don't know today maybe we could just kind of do a devotion together just be a little bit more relaxed sound good because I know that you know I hear from you guys all the time that I'm always preaching at you. (laughs) And (laughs) honestly, I do not have God gossiping about you in my ear, okay? That's not what's happening. We're just trying to apply the word of truth, okay? So it's nothing personal. If I look at you in the eye, it's just because I'm trying to connect with you and I care and you know, if I look at you a lot in the eyes, it's because you're probably smiling at me. I'm not trying to preach at you. All right. Um, but anyway, we're gonna do we're gonna do this together. Just kind of a an extended devotion today. And I thought, I thought, man, these are the verses that seem to really touch people's hearts. And what a way to start Thanksgiving week, but by reading through these and just kind of going through the devotion together. Let me get uh, this microphone. If you've got something to say that is theologically correct, (laughs) that goes along with the scripture, we would love to hear it. I've got Emma Grace's microphone here and. um, Just let me know, you know, maybe the Lord has shared something with you about a certain scripture that we read today and, and let it be. Keep it on topic and keep it short. Is that, is that safe? Because Jason will fall asleep on us if we don't. So, all right. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's take a moment and let's pray. This is, this is what I like to do before I read Scripture, is I pray for God to enlighten me, for him to speak to me when we read this. All right. Father, we thank you for your love for us today and for your word. Word of truth. It penetrates deep. And I pray that, Father, as we read these scriptures today, that you would tutor us. Teach us. Let the Holy Spirit just begin to speak to us. And challenge us. But encourage us. We thank you, Father. For speaking to us in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first scripture, this is number 20. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. All right, so when a scripture begins with this word, but, what does that mean? Mean means something was said before that that is contrasting, right? So if you look before this passage, what's being said? Anybody know? Deeds of, the flesh. deeds of the flesh, all right? So there's a list of the deeds of the flesh just before this. So he says, here are the things of the flesh, all right? So he's contrasting those two things. The, the flesh, what this body craves, what this body wants is in contrast with this. And if you then look at Romans 6, 7, and 8, and man, you understand what Paul is talking about there, the contrast between the flesh versus the spirit. And he says in these passages, live by the spirit, not by the flesh. And that's what we're trying to learn how to do, isn't it? Anybody mastered that yet? Okay, so we're all in the same boat together, right? I didn't raise my hand because I'm... I've mastered it. I raised it just to say, all right, raise your hand. I've not mastered it myself. Okay? So this is is where he he contrasts the works of the flesh. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? What flourishes from your spirit. What comes out of having God in your life is love, joy, joy, ever experienced that joy where you just feel it from deep within it's an awesome awesome feeling peace scripture talks about what about peace somebody tell me another scripture about peace the peace of god that surpasses all understanding what does that mean all right so this is called cross-referencing right the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? For those of you who are online, I'm going to repeat whatever they're saying out there if we don't hand them the mic, okay? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? You don't get it, just by, thinking. You don't get it by just what you're thinking in your mind. And it also means that it doesn't make sense why you've got peace. That something something tragic has happened. Something very difficult has happened, right? The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. I love that one. And here's, I love the way he ends it. Against these things, there's no law. Nobody's going to write a law against having these things in your life. Now, the the stuff that he listed prior to that, the acts of the flesh, we got laws all over the place about that stuff. But these things, nobody writes a law against these things. Beautiful, isn't it? All right, let's look at number 19. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. Don't you love that passage? Again, we live by not what we see, right? We live by faith. So although there's tons and tons of evidence of God and what he's done on planet Earth and and his involvement, there's an entire nation that exists because of God's interaction with humankind on Earth. We cannot deny his existence, although they're trying to start rewriting the history of Israel. I don't know if you know that. So that, you know, that gets wiped out at some point, but God's not going to let that happen, right? But with all of that, it's still a step of faith. It's not a giant leap of faith to believe in God. It's just a step of faith. Why? Because he is so evident, right? So we live by faith, not by sight. Anybody have anything else on that scripture that you'd like to share? All right. Number 18, John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus is saying, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I've told you these things so that you may have peace in this world. You're going to have trouble. How many of you have experienced trouble in this world? All of us. So the context of this passage is amazing. All right. So the context of this passage is starting in chapter 13 up till 17, Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. This is the night before Jesus was was the, the night that Jesus was betrayed and the night before Jesus was crucified. So the context of this passage is a long dissertation of, of writing between, between Jesus washing the disciples' feet. He predicted his betrayal. And you know that Peter was like, no, Lord, you're not going to die. And Jesus was like, look, man, you, I know that you, you love me and that you think you'd die for me, but you're going to deny me before the cock crows three times in the morning, right? All of that has taken place. He comforts the guys and he's like, hey, in my father's house, there are going to be many mansions and many places for you guys to live. He tells them all of these things that night. Uh, And and he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, sending the spirit of truth. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I've got to go up so that the spirit of God can come down and, and do some amazing things in your life. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. All of this takes place within this setting of Jesus just kind of Blowing the guys' minds before, I mean, it's like, it's like the final night. He's like, Man, okay, I've got these guys here. One of them's gonna betray me tonight, one of them's gonna deny me by the morning. This is crunch time, right? And Jesus just begins to pour into them that night everything that he thinks that he needs to say before he goes. And then in chapter 17, he prays for them, but he also prays for us. It's a beautiful, beautiful chapter, beautiful words. And he says, the world is going to hate you because they hate me. And he says, I'm going to the father. And these two things he says in in this chapter, chapter 16, he says, I tell you these things so that you're not going to fall away. And I tell you these things so that you will have peace in a world of trouble. That's why I tell you all this stuff. You need to know these things because it's going to get hard, is what he was saying, right? And this is really cool. Uh, in verses 26 through 27, if you've got your Bible open, look at that. It's really interesting what he says here. He says, you can ask for something in my, in my name to the Father. But then look at that, for those of you who are looking at it, and if you're not looking at it, it's okay. Just listen to what I'm saying Right there, he says, now don't mistake me. I'm not going to ask the Father for you. You have direct access to the Father, is what he's saying. Oh, that's huge. He says, now when I tell you ask for something in my name, I'm just saying you ask because you're saying you know me and you love me. But you can ask the Father directly Because why? And then he goes on. Because the Father loves you. Oh, man, that's awesome. And then he gets down to this verse. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome this world. It's awesome. Anything else on that passage, on that verse? conquered death. Our life's not over when we leave here. Yeah. Yeah. We We live on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Do you believe that? And for those who are online, it was just said that Jesus was saying with all the all the trouble and all the heartache and all the stuff that we see. In our lives, Jesus was saying, all of this doesn't matter compared to what's going on up there. And we believe in that. We believe in that. Amen? Amen. And you are going to make it. You are gonna get to go there. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I just read that North Korea launched a missile that could actually reach anywhere in the continental United States. So we could go this week, wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Yes, he is. Uh, Number 17, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So let me ask you a question. Do you believe that he exists? Do you believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him? Those two things. It's awesome. That's faith, right? All right, Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, all right, this this is a biggie. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What is that? Anybody know what that's called? The Great Commission. Not the okay commission. (laughs) Not the good commission. It's the Great Commission, right? So this is what Jesus told the disciples before he left. And it's a a commission basically to all of us. This is our mission. This is what we do. We go and we make disciples and we baptize people in in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right? Um, that's our mission. that's what we're doing. right? Uh, Philippians chapter four, verse six, this is uh, number 15. He says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God." All right, so look at the key there. What is the key? Worry. Don't worry. Okay, so that's what we don't do. What do we do? We pray with thanksgiving. We take everything to God. We pray with thanksgiving. All right, so the challenge here is that whatever it is, like I talked about earlier, whatever it is that you need from God, whatever it is that you want God to accomplish and do something in this world, do it, pray it with thanksgiving. Father, thank you that you you see this need and you know what needs to be done in this situation. Thank you that you care about these situations, no matter how small they are, right? What are you asking God for? What do you need? Health, wisdom, finances, healing, whatever it is, look to Him and thank him for it because he's taking care of all of it right romans chapter 12 verse 2 number 14 this one is challenging do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will all right what stands out to you in that in that passage What's that? Not to be like the world. What's, what's that? What's the world like? Help me to understand what you're saying. Oh, what is the world like? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And this gets back to what we were talking about earlier. The flesh versus the spirit, right? So your pre-born again person is your your flesh just whatever. We're like a dog walking down the road. Oh, there's a trash can. I think I'll go eat out of the trash can. They don't care, right? They do whatever they want to do, and that's what we are without Christ in our lives. And and he says, be transformed, change that. Why? It, it be, and this is why the world hates us, right? All right. Uh, number 13, Deuteronomy 31, verse 8 was number 13 on their list. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Well, we understand why that's one of, one of the top 20, right? How many of you believe that that's for you today? Obviously, that was for the Israelites, right? That's the context, but it's for us today. He's the same God then as he is today, right? He's with you. He knows what you're going through and he knows where you need to go. And he will walk through that with you, right? Awesome. Uh, Footprints in the sand. What'd you say? It ties everything together. That's right. Takes care of fear, takes care of worry, takes care of all of our struggles. And in the end, he's the one that will stand with us, right? That's awesome. Number 12, Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. How many of you needed to hear that today? In all your ways, acknowledge him. What does does acknowledge mean? Recognize. Give him credit. Testify. testify. There's a word we haven't heard. Yeah. All right. What's a, good, what's a good cross-reference verse for the word testify? It's the same as testimony, right? Witness. Witness. Okay. How do we overcome? What does Revelation say? By the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb, right? So, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, testify, recognize Him, give Him praise. He will make your path straight. How many of you need a straight path in front of you? Yeah. He will. Not He might, He will. We just have to believe and we have to do it, right? The, the great thing about this thing with God is he's not some robot up there just deciding unanimously on, on his own what to do in our lives. We get to participate in it. That's what these verses are saying is it's about relationship. We do something and God is able to respond with something. We take a step of faith and God is able to respond to that step of faith. We acknowledge him. He makes our paths straight. When we do something, it allows God to do something. When you pray, it allows God to do something. Well, isn't he powerful enough to do something without me having to pray about it? Well, sure he is. But his covenant is that he will not impose himself upon planet earth, humankind, unless we pray for it, unless we will it, unless we ask for it. And here's the beautiful thing. When our will connects with God's perfect will, that's when God's power comes down and does something great in this world. That's why we pray. All of this, God is, is in many ways, he's reactionary to what we do. All right. So when we live by the flesh, it ties God's hands. But when we live by the spirit, it releases his power, releases his, his ability in our lives. All right. Um, number 11, Proverbs 3, 5. How many of you have this, this one uh, uh, memorized? Yeah, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Right. And then the one we just read in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust him, trust him with all your heart. How many of you needed to hear that today? You know, our limited perspective on what's really happening in this world. Do you think God's up there wringing his fingers? No. He's not worried. Everything is taken care of. We just got to wait for it. Right? Trust and lean. Those two words. Yeah. Lean on him, not your own understanding. Uh, All right, Romans chapter 6, verse 23. We're halfway through the sermon, right? Number 10, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin, let's read this one together. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, we have a contrasting verse here, right? So we either choose death or we choose life. What's a verse that goes along with that? You turn off the uh, reverb on this one, too, Chris. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So here we have another contrasting verse, right? We either choose life or choose death. All right. So a good a good verse that goes along with that is today I set before you. And then he gives us the answer. Choose life. Just in case you didn't know, I will tell you what you need to choose. Choose life, right? And so we have this this situation here in Romans 6.23 where it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He says this is is a good thing. Choose it. Romans 10.9, read it for us. Yeah, if you confess with your mouth and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's awesome. God's not asking for a whole lot, is he? Just your entire life. Relationship. Genesis 1-1, let's go to number nine. Um, You wonder why people would look this one up. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What a simple statement for an absolutely amazing act, right? God created the heavens and the earth. Beautiful. Uh, Number eight, Psalm 23, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing, right? Psalm 23, a lot of times we see that one at funerals and stuff. So it gets overlooked in daily life a lot. But a lot of people have been looking this one up. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. What does that mean to you? Hang on just a second, Harvey. Uh Uh-oh, Chris. You mind grabbing a couple of... People are going to miss it online if we don't. Thank you. Oh, yeah, you need that, don't you? Give us just a second, Harvey. Anybody else, what does that mean to you? The Lord is my shepherd. He'll provide all of our needs. Not our greeds. Our needs. You know, he might just show off one day and provide for your greed just to prove you wrong on that. Wouldn't you like that? Grant it, Father.
1: <laughs> I don't know how I'm the one that got the mic, but anyway i can remember vividly a time when connie and i were studying for the ministry we we were worse than old mother hubbard there was nothing in the cupboard and i remember us thinking when we get home there's not going to be anything from for us to eat so we we went to church that morning and came home and I believe it was two or three sacks of groceries sitting in front of our door. Now the amazing thing about this is that we'd told no one that mm. we were in need, no one except God. And obviously that's enough. Yeah. Because we came home and there was food in front of our door. I often wondered down through the years who did that, but that wasn't important. Someone might have set them in front of our door by mistake, but <laughs> the Netherlands ate them, and, and, and we, were, we, were, we were thankful for it. But what? don't ever, ever think that God is not in the business of supplying the needs. And when Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, uh, I think some virgins say, I shall not want hmm. for anything. Yeah. If you need it, God's in the business of supplying it. And I'm a living testimony of of that supply. And down through the years, God has always supplied
0: those needs. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Harvey. Do you believe that? The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack anything. Do you believe that? Make that statement of faith. Right? Right? Number seven, second Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Hmm. See, Apostle Paul speaking here. My grace is sufficient for you. God had to tell him that for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Man, that is a powerful, powerful passage when you understand the context of it. People are looking at it. It's number seven on the list. So the context of this is he was praying for God to to do something to remove the thorn in his flesh. Right. Right. So we've been talking a lot about the flesh versus the spirit today, haven't we? So when Paul, especially Paul, is writing about the flesh, what is he talking about? Some sort of sin. Now, you'll read in commentators, they'll say, oh, it was because Paul's eyes were weak because Paul would, in some of his letters, he, he would end with, you know, I, Paul, didn't write this letter myself. I, I dictated it, basically, because I can't see anymore. So Paul had a problem seeing. So it must have been that he was talking about, God's not going to heal my eyes. But that's not what he says here. The thorn in my flesh. And anytime you read about the Apostle Paul talking about his flesh, he's talking about some sort of sin. He's talking about staying away, abstaining from the things of the flesh. So let's read it from that Context. He says, I asked God three times to remove this thorn in my flesh. And this is the answer God gave me. My grace is sufficient for you. In other words, no. I'm going to let that temptation remain in your life. But God, I'd rather you not let this temptation remain in my life. Anybody feel that before? And look what he says. My grace is sufficient for you. I know that you face this temptation. And you got to trust that my grace is big enough and great enough for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, is he giving Paul a license to sin here? Not at all. Because when we choose not to sin, when we choose not to live by the flesh, what are we doing? We're choosing to love God. Right? And he wanted to leave this in Paul's life. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And what God told him in this period, in in this situation was, I know that you're going to do big things and great things for me. And you need to remain humble for you to, to stay humble. And it was God's way of helping him manage humility and pride in his life. Isn't that powerful? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. How many of you have a weakness in your life? All of us do. We get to go to heaven one day. And we won't have that anymore. Well, in a Pentecostal church, they would have shouted about that. (laughs) Number six, Philippians chapter four, verse 13 I, let's read this one together. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I can do everything, all things, through him who gives me strength. You believe that? We can overcome, we can get through, right?
1: So us is that we don't have a perfect life that doesn't exist on planet earth but we have the ability to overcome mm-hmm. and if god would have removed everything that paul had to overcome paul would have missed the blessing of overcoming
0: yeah that's right that's right you know when we get to heaven and we get to have this conversation with jesus he's going to be like together we did this right We did this and we did this. You overcame this. Oh, and here's where I was when you overcame that situation. This is how I got you through that. Man, that's encouraging. I have this idea that when when I get to see Jesus for the first time, and this translates to you as well, I believe, that we're going to see him, we're going to look at him, and we're going to be like, I have seen you all my life. Oh, man, I didn't realize that was you. Not that we saw him necessarily in human form here, but that that he's just been with us the whole time and we just didn't didn't recognize him as being with us. And then when we see him, it's just going to be like, Oh, I see you. I recognize you. I know you. That's exciting to me for some reason. I don't know why. Number five, Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Do you believe that for you? He's going to be with you wherever you go. That's awesome. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. This is a good one that you probably know by heart as well. Read it with me. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. All right. So what are the two qualifiers there? So all things work together for good because of two things. What are the two qualifiers for that? We love him. And we're called according to his purpose. Do you love him? Guess what? He's called you according to his purpose. What does that mean to you? Everything's according to, his plan, not our plan. Everything's according to his plan, not our plan. Are you willing to give your life over to his purpose, over to his plan, not yours, right? His will. Accept his will. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We get on God's agenda. Is there a better agenda than that in the world? Yeah, but John, I really want this. Okay. Who's to say that you can't have that? But you start following God. What's a good cross-reference for that, somebody? Seek. His kingdom first. And all these things will be added unto you. You got to trust him. You got to believe in him. But you just got to put him first, right? All right. Um, First Peter. Five, seven. Number three. We're getting down to number one pretty quickly here. Cast all your anxiety on him because he feels okay about you. He loves you. He cares about you. Now, what do you want to focus on in that verse? It's easy to focus on the anxiety part. All of a sudden, you start flooding in all of the things you're anxious about. So where do we reroute our thinking? Oh, we got into our series right now. Reroute your thinking. Because he cares for us. Isn't that what you said, Amy? The cares part. He cares about us. What does that mean to you? Everything will work out. Even if something bad happens today, we got to trust Him because why? It's the plan. You know, through the years uh, when Angela and I would face struggles and problems and difficulties and things that we didn't understand... This is the one of the, one of the things that was so important to us. These two things that we would know and we would recite this to each other. He knows about it and he cares. And we'd pray and we'd thank him for taking care of it and we'd pick up and move on. And guess what? He would always come through eventually. Number two, Jeremiah 29, 11. Some of you have this on your, the face of your phones, don't you? For I know the plans I have for you. God has plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now. Now easy to say well that was for those people that was for the Israelites or whatever but this is God's heart coming through here don't you believe that God wants good things for you James David would you come God wants good things for you about 50% of us believe that (laughs) come on release your faith I mean that God wants good things for you 365 so why is it that 365 times we can't figure out not to give him our trust yeah if you trust in somebody you believe in that and if he's telling you don't worry I have plans for you why are we so stubborn I mean it it tells (laughs) you he tells you
1: over and over and over would you say 365 at least once a day (laughs) you look one up once a day don't fear he tells you, don't be anxious, don't fear. I have plans for you. That's
0: right. Please do.
1: I just saw this. Uh, I mean, I didn't make this up, but F-E-A-R, fear, is uh, false evidence appearing real. So it's a human instinct to just be afraid. Uh, but faith is a gift that God gives. It's, he's given it to every one everyone. It's him. It's Jesus. He's given himself. So we have Jesus in us, Mm -hmm. but we see the things all around and naturally that's happening. That is not good. But God is greater than that. Yeah.
0: He's so good. He's so good. So we get to number one. If you'd like, okay. I would say John yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's probably because the guy's sitting behind the dugout holding the sign. Everybody looks it up. You know, and the passage after this is just as powerful, you know, that God did not come to condemn the world. He loves us. He didn't come to condemn the world. Jesus didn't walk around pointing the finger at everybody. telling them, you're going to hell. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus doing that? He didn't come to condemn. He came to be the way, the truth and the life. And he is. And he loves us for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Here's a great contrast eternal death versus eternal life. Do you believe? Do you believe? He has mercy. He has grace. He has love. He has peace for you. He has hope. He has healing. So let's give him thanks right now. Thank you, Father, for the great contrast. Hopelessness and hope. Eternal death, eternal life. A life of anger and bitterness because of our pain. Or a life of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. As a result of your spirit. And today we renounce the works of the flesh. And we embrace life, hope, what you have in store for us. We say yes to you. We say yes to life. And God, although we look around and we see the darkness, the trouble that Jesus said we would see. We remember that Jesus conquered death and the grave and rose again. And you're coming back. You're coming back for us. You've prepared a place for us. Beautiful place where my wife and so many of our loved ones are right now. And we believe in it. We believe in you. And we declare That we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. We know that all things will work out for our good. Because we love you. And we're called according to your purpose. We know these things God. And we embrace them today. And we say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. You give hope. You give health. You give strength. You make us your people. Strong God, maybe there's someone here today that has struggled, struggled to believe, struggled through their pain. God, we know that you say you're near the broken hearted. You draw near to the broken hearted. We know that. And so, God, right now we ask you to let them know that you're near them. Give them that peace that surpasses all understanding Like a blanket just falling on them right now. A blanket of peace, warmth. To know that you've touched them on the inside. And that you're going to get them through this. Maybe there's somebody here that needs to accept you in this relationship. To get to know who you are, what you like and what you don't like. To be transformed by the renewing of their mind. And not ask you to change for them, but to be changed for you. To turn their hearts and their lives over to you right now. Make you their God, their Lord, their Savior. To embrace your purpose for this life. Your will for their life. To submit to you and what you say is good. And God, maybe there's somebody here today that's struggled and struggled with the same addiction or the same sin over and over for years. We ask you, oh God, to deliver them in the name of Jesus. But God, we also know that your grace is sufficient for them. And that they can walk out of this place knowing with full assurance that as they look to you for help, as they look to you for healing, And they continue to try to love you and to walk in your steps. Even though it's difficult at times that God, your grace is sufficient for them. But we thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance and believe for it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. We're grateful for God. You writing all of this stuff down for us. Help us to not take it for granted that every day we would be in your word to hear these words of truth and hope, health and strength, that we may be able to pass them on to the people around us, that God as your word. Fills us with hope and courage, inspiration. That we would be the light in this dark world, shining bright wherever we go in the workplace, around the family dinner table this week, everywhere that we go. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Amen.